0: Welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting
1: connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you'd like to access helpful Growth Step resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you've learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online.
0: Hey, Church Experience family, welcome to week number two of Masquerade, our new teaching series on relationships, where we're talking about loving the person under the mask. You know, speaking of masks, this is something that we're all getting used to seeing all around. I mean, masks are becoming so normal, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do masks. You know what I'm talking about? Well, Let's talk about the right way by showing you some of the wrong ways to do masks. Let's, let's let's get into some mask fails. All right, you ready for this? All right, so check this out. An auto parts store cannot fix every problem. You know, it's like pandemics in auto parts stores. That that's not the solution, guys. All right, and, and then and then there's there's this picture. Like sanitary pads? No, absolutely not. Just get that picture off the screen. Now, I know some of you are into recycling. That's a good thing. But, like, this is taking it too far. It's not going to work, all right? And then this guy, it's like antivirus. That's not what it means, bro. It's not what it means. And if all else fails, then just grab a plastic bin and put it over your head. That, that'll work. No, that, that will not work. That's a mask fail, all right? You know, we're, we're having some fun, but... But we're getting used to seeing masks around. It's becoming a part of our lives, but it's not a new thing. Everyone thinks, well, this is a new thing. It's not a new thing. We've been doing this for thousands of years. (laughs) The human race has been masking part of themselves since the garden, since the very beginning. In fact, that's where we're going to go today in Genesis chapter 3. God's paradise in the garden when he created, and it was perfect, and then sin entered. And then masks entered. We started distancing ourselves from each other right there in that moment. And we're going we're gonna to see what we can learn today from that. I'm so excited. Maybe you want to pull a Bible out. Genesis chapter 3 is where we're going to be. You want to power on that Bible here in just a moment. But, but, but here's the thing. As we talk about relationships, I am so excited about this teaching series. I'm so excited about the message today. Why? Because, because some of you have relationship problems. Things that have broken down your relationships over and over and over again. In fact, there's a track record of broken relationships in your past. And God's going to do something new and special today to, to fix, to repair, to change the way you approach relationships. I'm telling you, this is going to open your eyes. It's going to change your world. And, and some of you, you have good relationships. But this is going to help your good relationships to get better. But all of us, I hope this helps accelerate the growth in our relationship with Jesus today. And I'm just eager to get in and so, so let's get after it. Genesis chapter three in in the garden, Adam and Eve, they're there and, and they're in the middle of God's creation, his beautiful and amazing creation. It's incredible and God gives them one boundary. He says, hey, don't eat of this specific tree. Do not eat the fruit of this tree. Well, let's read the whole story, see what happens. And we're gonna go back and break it down a bit, see what we can learn. In Genesis 3, verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. They started masking themselves right there. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And I just want to stop there. Isn't that cool? Like God's just walking through the garden. He's just hanging out. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. What what could have been this amazing companionship, now that sin has entered, they they hide. They go and run from God. Pulls them away. Verse 9, But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, In the midst of such perfection, relational perfection and beauty, and I mean, the world's as if it should be. I mean, everything is just right, and and then sin enters. This rebellion against God, doing the things I want to do, and and disobeying God, and sin enters, and and things start to fall apart, and they've been falling apart ever since. But I want to go back to verse seven. There's some real treasure here. It says, "Then the eyes of." of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then they, and then they hid from God. They, they, they covered themselves up. They masked themselves. Listen, this is, this is where our masking comes from. Not our physical masks, but, but the facades that we wear, the way we hide ourselves, the way we conceal what's going on in our lives. See, sin sin brings hiding. Maybe you want to write that down. In fact, I'm going to give you three statements today. I'm going to break them all apart into, into two parts. And the first part of this, this first statement that I hope you write down is that sin brings hiding. you gotta, you got to know that. you got to understand this. This is how the, how the devil works. He gets you to sin, and then, and then you, as a result, you hide. You, you hide from God. You, you hide from others. Sin keeps you out of good relationships. It ruins good relationship. It's like a cancer that's injected into a relationship. It ruins it. It harms it. It hurts it. Sin leads to hiding. Write it down, but get it in your heart so the next time you're tempted to sin, just realize it's going to push you away from where you really want to be. Sin leads to hiding. Steals our freedom. Keeps us from being who we're really meant to be. Hey, have you ever, have you ever been around uh, somebody who had a really thick accent that was different than yours now I I don't know where you're from but but maybe you're not from the south and 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 you travel through the south or you have some family you go visit and and they have a really strong southern accent (laughs) and and you notice that after hanging out with them for a couple days and being in that city that that you start to take on that accent a little bit you start to say y'all and you're like where did that come from I don't say y'all but like now you're saying it because you're around those people or maybe you're around somebody that's got a really thick British accent. And then, and then you're hanging out, and then all of a sudden you're like, who is this person inside of me talking like that? Like, I don't, I don't talk like that. It's like you're taking on, you're ta- you're taking on what's around you you're, in your environment. You're, you're, you're putting on a different mask, so to speak. And, and, and we're used to, to doing this in other ways. Like, at, at work, we have a, a mask for work. This, we kind of hide part of who we are, and this is our work self. And we go to church, and we put on that mask. When we go home and we have that mask. And then we go out with the, the fellas and we got that mask. Or you go out with the ladies and, and you have that mask on. We we'll see we're we're used to wearing different masks. And if if we're honest, part of the reason why we mask ourselves in relationships where we're not fully transparent and authentic, it's because it's because if if they were to know the full picture, if they were to see everything. Then, then there would be shame. You'd you'd have some shame. That you that you wouldn't be proud of everything. You, you want to just present what you think will be accepted. There's some insecurities and some fears there. You know, one of the things that's become really popular, as you know, is is social media and it's it's the filters. It's the filters for your picture, especially like Snapchat, the app that's become so popular and it's got these. These overlays that you can put on to, to change what you're actually looking at. Add some new features. You know, I want to change my cheekbones. I want to have some lo- longer eyelashes or whatever your thing is. And, and it's like you have these filters that you can put over pictures. And just all pictures online in general have been, been doctored, edited, cropped, you know, and brightened or darkened. Or I mean, it's, it's just this change. It's not reality. It's not what you see. But why would, why would someone go to that effort to, to throw a filter on to change, to edit? It's because you want to minimize the imperfections. And you want to put forward what others will approve of. And when sin entered the garden, when when sin entered your life, when you sinned, you, you, you started masking and hiding because there was shame under the surface. You weren't, you weren't proud of who you were or what you did. and You didn't like what you saw when you looked inside and you thought, well, surely other people won't like what they see inside. And It's just part of being human. But if you could rewind the tape, if you can go back to Genesis chapter 2. Before this tragedy happened, and you look at verse 25, it's before sin entered. Then Adam and Eve, just look at their their marriage for a moment. It says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They felt no shame. There was no hiding. (laughs) Some dude's like, is that the Bible? I need to read my Bible more often. What's going on? But but they were completely naked, meaning not just physically, but they they could bear themselves, who they are. I mean, there, there was no shame. There was nothing to hide. It was just, they were were together, they were unified in the way that God wanted to be. One man and one woman together, unified, completely connected in every way. They were together. There was nothing to hide, no secrets, no shame, no sin. This is Genesis chapter 2. And so when we become aware that, that sin leads to hiding in our relationship with God, in our relationship with others, we can start to have our eyes open to the damage that sin causes relationally. And then we can realize the second half of this statement, if you're taking notes, we can decide that we need to quit hiding. Quit hiding. Stop masking relationally. See, I'm not going to hide who I am. We might have to wear physical masks to keep others safe, but we, we should not wear a mask over who we are. You, you need to be transparent. You need to, you need to be real to say, hey, this is, this is, this is who I am, and, and get connected with others again. You know, we've been so distant this last year, but people were made to be together. You, you need to be in relationships with others. So how do, you, how do you quit hiding? man? Brandon, that's easy to say, but it's hard to do. How do, I know, how, how do I know how to overcome hiding? Well, it starts in your relationship with God. If you find that you can't really be yourself around others, you don't feel like you can really be yourself with God, start first in your relationship with God. Start to become more open with him. You know, it's one thing to have intercessory prayer and intercede on behalf of certain needs or people requests. And that certainly there's things we should all be praying for. But there's a whole other part of prayer that's just such a beautiful thing. It's just, just relational conversation with God where you're just burying your soul. Not, not real religious routine where you're saying the same words over and over again and going through your prayer like, like you do every day. But it's, it's, it's coming before God with what's on your mind in that moment. Say, God, right now, right here, I, I feel... I feel worried or stressed about this or got i fearful about this or got I've been hiding this. And you already know about it. When God asks Adam and Eve, where are you? It's not like he didn't know. He already knew where they were. God already knows where you are inside. He knows if it's a good day or if it's a bad day. He knows the frenzy inside or the joy in your heart. So, so talk to him about it. Say, God, here's what's going on. You have to be afraid to bring the mess to God because he's already aware of it. (laughs) And he loved you while you were in your mess. In fact, he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you while you were in the middle of your mess. So you don't have to hide the mess from God. You, You don't have to fix everything and bring it to God and say, okay, God, now you'll receive me. No, you come with your mess to God. You bear your soul to him. You come completely transparent and say, God, here's what's going on in my life. And once you start to do that, I'm telling you, you're going to find freedom like never before with God. And your prayer life will go from religious routine to a beautiful, life-giving source of strength. Like Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's where I find my strength. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He found that strength. He found that joy in the Lord. Because he could come to the Lord and be himself. Can you be yourself around God? I mean, you can, but, but are you? Or is it just a function, something that you do? A relationship with God is not something that you do. It's not a box to check. You might have to have some systems in place to keep you disciplined. For me, I just, it needs to be the first thing I do when I wake up. Before I check with my phone, I check in with my father. I have, I have to have that rhythm to get the day started right. I have to have some, some rhythms in my prayer life to keep me consistent. But it's a relationship. It's not a routine. It's not a religion. It's not something I do. It's, it's, it's part of who I am because of who he is and who I want to be in him it's abiding in him walking with him being transparent with him but then when once you start to figure that out man it really opens up your other relationships because you think well, why am I hiding from others I mean I'm already accepted by God God loves me for my message and that doesn't mean that everybody is going to accept me for who I am and there's people judge each other all the time and that's not what I'm saying what, what I'm saying is when, when you connect with others out of a very secure place where you know who you are before God, you know that God loves you for who you are and you've brought your messes to God and He's been working in your life and, and you just have that, that strength of relationship with Him, that frees you up to love others the way that they need to be loved. And then it's not about you anymore because sin is about me. It's a very self-centered approach to life and relationships. But once that's been flipped and God's changed that direction, it's no longer about me. But it's about Him, and loving Him, and then loving others. Well, then I can go into a relationship, and I don't need anything from you. It's not about what I get from it. What I can get from you, it's what I can give for you. See, see, your relationships will change when your heart starts to change. When you start to stop, when you stop masking, when you stop hiding, when you come to God in transparency, and then you go to others and you start to open up. And, and you, listen, you don't have to tell everything to everybody. That's not, that's not being transparent. Some people think, well, I just, I don't, I just say whatever I think. <laughs> that gets get you in a lot of trouble. That's, that's foolish. You don't say everything to everybody, but you need to have somebody that you can share everything with where well, there's no secrets. And you need to have an inner circle that you can share your life, your heart, what's going on, the ups and the downs. And they love Jesus and they love you. You need that. In fact, one of the things I love about being a part of a church is we connect people with each other. That's that's what churches do. We, We are a body. We're a gathering of people. We're not an organization fundamentally. We are a gathering of people and we connect lives together. People who are like-minded, even though they might have different interests, they're like-minded in Christ. He's the unifier. And, And I love life groups at our church because, and man, I'll tell you, I've been praying that God would accelerate our groups this year, our life groups, so that people can get connected like never before. Because this last year, I mean, isn't it true? We've been so distant. We've been pulled away in every imaginable way. We've been pulled away and distanced from others. Well, this is a year that, that we are set on bringing people back together. And I was in a, in a room this last week with a bunch of life group leaders and doing some training and, and spending some time together. We're, we're praying that God will connect people with each other this year like never before. I, I believe it's going to happen. So decide to quit hiding. Decide to quit hiding. It'll change your walk with God. It'll improve your relationships. Just, just, just stop saying to people, how you doing? I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> like, just, just, just stop that. Just, you're not fine. Just, just open up. And, and you might be great. It might be you said, fine, but you're actually doing great. So tell them about it. And it might be that you're doing terrible, and that's okay. You need to have an inner circle where you can go beyond fine. And you can say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. And to have people like that, you say, where do I find friends like that? My friends don't care. Well, it's preceded by someone who is interested in getting an answer more than just fine from, from their friends. Because if you're honest, you're so busy and you're so consumed with what you're doing and what's going on in your life, it's real easy just to be like, oh, you're fine. Okay, that's good. I'm good with that answer. But you need to have some people in your life. You can't do this with everybody. You need to have some people in your life that you care to go beyond those surface answers and those surface walls that we put up in the masks. Get under the mask and say, I love you. What's really going on in your life? And you look them in the eye and sit down with them, invite them out to coffee, spend some time just caring about them, loving on them. And it doesn't have to consume your your life. It It just needs to be a big part of your life. But as a relationship with God fills your heart, it's gonna fill you with love for other people. To be real. Genesis chapter three, verse eight. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. The Lord God called to the man, where are you? Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. I was fearful, fearful. I was hiding. There's, there's shame there. There's shame. And, and the second statement that I'd love for you to write down is, is that sin brings shame. But, and, be, and before we get to the rest of that statement, sin brings shame. It pushes me away from God. It pushes me away from people. It causes me to make false assumptions about, about things that, that I know a little bit about. But I don't know the whole story, so I know my my sin, and I know that I've I've done some things that are not right. I, I've displeased God, and maybe I've let somebody down. But we start to go further down that road, and we say, "Well, I'm broken, and and I'm I'm damaged goods. I'm unwanted. I am flawed. I'm shattered. I'm ugly. Whatever the thing is, and and it's a lie from Satan. He's he's labeling you, and and you start to think these false thoughts long enough, you start to believe them as true and then you start to self-sabotage your relationships because it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just that kind of person. I'm just, I'm just broken. I'm just flawed. I'm, I'm a failure, whatever it is. And listen, that's not true. That's the devil. He'll lie to you all day long and tell you, he'll fill your mind with things that are not true about you if you let him. Shame causes us to mask who we really are. To hide the, the real us under the surface. And sometimes we even think if, if we're real, we, we think that I deserve to feel shame. I, I, I've exempted myself from God using me in the future because of my past. And, and we start to believe all these things and all these labels that we take on. And, and, and the truth is, it's, it's a part of our hiding, this shame. The shame is part of our hiding. It's like a toddler. That, have you ever seen a toddler like go into the other room they just wear their diaper around and they kind of toddle into the other room and, and, and you hear this grunting sound and you know what's going on. They're, they're filling their diaper, right? And, and, and they think because they've gone to the other room, you don't know what's going on, but you know what's going on because when they come back in the other room, they're carrying... <laughs> what they dropped, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and you can smell it. And so they can't hide it from you. And, you know, we, we think that because we like go in the other room from God and we, you know, we, we kind of distance ourselves and we hide a little bit. We think he doesn't know about our messes, that he doesn't know about our sin. Listen, it stinks. God smells it. He knows what's going on in your life. And, and listen, until you come to him, you can't clean up the mess. Not fully. You can't clean it up on your own. You need God's help. You need God's help to clean up the mess in your life. And you can't hide it from it. But we've been doing this just like a, a toddler is born with that. No one teaches them to do that, but they just kind of feel like this is wrong. I'm just going to go hide this. And like like you and I were born into the sinful human race and no one had to teach you to sin. And then no one had to teach you to carry shame and guilt. No one had to teach you to distance yourself from God. It's just in you. And Jesus is the only one who can bring a solution to that. We're sinners in need of a Savior, but when the Savior comes into our life, He he, he cleans us up, He washes the sin away, and He washes our heart, and we, we experience this amazing rebirth and regeneration that only can happen in Jesus Christ. Not, not good ideas, not good programs from a a church service, not the right words. I mean, listen, it's just a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, who died for your sins and, and caused a literal death and resurrection in your spirit, dying to who you used to be, dying to the old creation, dying to sin and being resurrected into new life in Jesus. And when that regeneration happens inside of you, that rebirth That renewal inside of you, that's what allows you to come out from hiding and experience the the second part of this statement, which is repentance brings restoration. When you turn from sin, when you turn from your hiding and say, you know what, God, I've been hiding this part of my life from you. I'm I'm coming back to you. I'm coming home to you. When you make that decision, it it brings restoration. It brings healing. And maybe that's what you need today in, in your relationships. It starts in your relationship with God, a verse that maybe you're familiar with. In 1 John one 8, it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say, I don't need to be forgiven, we're kind of, we're still hiding our sin. We, we know it's not true. But verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All of it. It doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter how far you've run away from God. You just bring it back to him. It's one step home to find restoration. Well, back in Genesis, there's one more part of the story I want to look at and one more statement that I think will be really helpful in your relationships. And I, I absolutely love this part of the story. This part of the story might be the most helpful thing for you relationally this week. But but we got to go back to verse 12. And it, it's, it's kind of humorous, I think. You know. You know The the man said, in response to God, he's he's asking what's going on here. He already knows, but he's like, hey, what's going on? He says, the woman that you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. (laughs) I think this is hilarious because God's like, what happened? And he's like, well... Well, you gave me this woman, and then she gave me the fruit, so, so I ate it. You know, it's like I, I just kind of, by default, failed in sin because, because of you and then because of her. It was, it was your fault. Have you ever, you ever known anybody like that? It's like always somebody else's fault. It's like, what? Well, it wasn't my fault. It was their fault. It was them. If you're honest, are you ever like that? It's not me, God. It's, it's her. It was my parents'. This is my kids. This is my boss. We're so, we're so used to blaming others. It's one of the ways that we mask our own sin. <laughs> this story just gets better. It's not just that he blames her. And then the Lord God said to the woman, verse 13, what is, it, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I, and I ate. Well, God, it wasn't me. It was the serpent. It was the devil. Like He, he tempted me. And so I ate it. It wasn't me. It was, we just so naturally point the finger. We play the, the blame game all day long, don't we? And it just runs our relationships. Because we, we have this posture of pointing. It's their fault. It's their problem. Now, if they would just fix themselves, then our relationship would be better. If they would just stop, it's their fault. I mean, the reason why we're in this place is because of them. Or, or the reason why our relationship isn't better is because of them. It's, it's their fault. It's your fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. God, it's your fault. We, we say these kinds of things. And that's why our relationships don't change. In fact, we, we're good at not only wearing masks ourselves, but we're good about putting masks on others because it's, it's hiding the real story. We put the mask on a fault. We say it's their fault, or we label them. Well, they're, they're this. They have that issue. And it's because of that issue that we have this problem. It's, it's them, God. And, and by the way, you put them in my life. So really, God, it's, it's not on me. It's on you. It's on them. See, sin causes me to blame. You want to write that down and get that in your heart. Sin causes me to blame. It causes me to point the finger. It's your, it's your problem. It's not me. It's you. Sin causes me to blame others, to, cre- to, to treat them bad, to point the finger at their flaws, to to not speak life into them, to be frustrated at them, to blame them, and, and then things don't work out, and so we end up blaming God. You know, a lot of people go to marriage counseling, and they'll sit down and try to figure something out, and they'll, they'll tell their counselor all the issues that they have with the other person, and then sometimes the counselor will look at them and will say, well, what about you? What about this? And, and they'll say something like, well, I'm not here for me. I'm here for them and then you know it's like no yes yes you are you're here for you because every time you point the finger you got three three fingers pointing back at yourself see we're we're, we're good at pointing out other people's failures and flaws but until we take responsibility listen to me this this can set you free to change and grow in your relationships. Until you take responsibility, you'll never have that relationship that you've always wanted. You'll never enjoy your job. You'll never step into your future until you take responsibility and say, there's things in my life that I can change. I can't control them, but I can control what I change in my life. You'll never have those friendships that you want because it's always, well, they didn't invite me and, and then they, didn't, they did this and they didn't do that. Listen, until you take responsibility for what you control, things will never change. It's all about what you're feeding your, in, in your mind. So where I live, I live close to the beach, and, and I, I love going to the beach. And one of the, the things that's fun there that's entertaining for me is when you watch somebody, specifically a tourist that comes, and they're not used to being around the beach, and, and they'll come and they'll have some food, and, and they'll throw it to the birds. And everybody who's local knows you're not supposed to feed the birds because very obvious reasons like at first it's like cute right it's like they're feeding the birds there's two or three little birds and it's like oh that's so cute no it's not cute because just wait like two minutes and and those who are locals they'll sit back and they'll watch them doing this like they're gonna learn here we go and it's like they'll feed the birds and then there's like two and then now there's like five and and then in a moment later there's like 10 and then before you know it I mean there's like the birds have come from like Way down the beach, like a mile away. I don't even know how they know, but there's like, there's like dozens, and then it looks like there's hundreds of birds. Like it's overwhelming. It's noisy. They're like flying over their heads, swooping down, grabbing stuff out of your hand. It's crazy. It's it's chaos. It's crazy. So so whatever you feed will multiply it just starts small and it's a little bit it's just like you just a little bit of judgment a little bit of criticism looking at their faults you know you put a little mask on them and then and then all of a sudden like that's whatever you have fed in that relationship it starts to grow it starts to become bigger they're always this way whenever you say they're always this way or you never do that just be careful be careful because those, those birds are flocking now. They're swarming in your life because you've been feeding them a little bit at a time. Like, or, or maybe it's internal, like I, I'm just always this way. I'm never gonna be God because, because you've been feeding that mentality in your life, in your mind. You've been blaming. You've been blaming yourself. You've been blaming others. Listen, it's the sin that is to blame. See, the garden was, was paradise. But then when we... Crossed that line, what God said, don't do this. And we, we said, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. We rebelled against God, and we pushed him away. We went into hiding, and shame rose in our life. It created barriers between us and God, and the problem is sin. And Thankfully, there's a solution. There's a Savior. His name is Jesus, and he came to be the solution for the sin that separates man from God. And create that bridge between us and him so that we can find that forgiveness and that restoration. But here's here's the lesson. Jesus wants to help me with my faults. He wants to help me with my sin. He wants to help me with my shortcomings. And for your relationships to be as healthy as they can be, you're going to have to work on you. You have to work on you first with Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need your help. I, I can't control if they ever change and if they reciprocate. I can't control if the others in my life, what they think or what they do, but but Jesus, you can help me. You know, there, there's one last verse that's just amazing to me in, in Genesis chapter three. And it, it possibly is the most redemptive and beautiful part of this whole story of what's really a failure that leads to all the rest of these pages that follow all the sin and the problems and the the violence and the, the death and I mean just so much that follows this decision and, but there's such a redemptive foreshadowing here in verse 21 it says the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and and he clothed them God's grace literally clothes them right before they experience the consequence they're driven out of the garden they lose paradise paradise lost but before they're driven out, he he literally clothes them with the skin. We believe of these these animals that 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 most likely were killed because of their sin, and and a lot of Bible teachers think that this implies the sacrificial death that was necessary for the forgiveness of sin and the removal of shame. Something had to die to clothe them, and the shame that you and I carry the. The weight of our sin can't be covered up by these mere good works, by I'm going to be a better person, I'm going to try harder. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some, some good advice. I'm going to read some stuff on the Internet. I'm, this is going to be a better week for me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it up to another level. No, no. It, like The, the level of, of shame and hiding can never be covered over <laughs> by just trying harder, by just learning some tips and tricks. Even religion, it, just, it won't do it. For Jesus to come, it meant the, the death of a Savior so that He could give life to you and I because of our sin. To bring us out of hiding, it required Jesus to pay the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I, whatever we've been masking, whatever we've been hiding from God, can be brought into the light, redeemed, forgiven, (laughs) restored, our sins washed away. And and let Jesus, let Jesus remove the mask of shame in your life. Some of you have been carrying this shame for so long. Bring it to Jesus. Jesus. Let his power bring the forgiveness that you your heart has been longing for. Let his power transform your life until you open up your life to Jesus and, and stop masking your mistakes, distancing yourself from others in God, hiding who you really are, until you turn to Jesus and open your life up to him. Things will never change, but when you come to him and, and you say, Jesus, it's time for me to move. It's, it's time for me to accept your sacrifice, your death that covers all of my sins, because it, it's not that I'm ever gonna be righteous enough to earn a relationship with you. I'll, I'll always have flaws. I'll always have shame in my life if it's up to me. But Jesus, your life, your death, your resurrection, it covers my sin and you're my covering Jesus. And because you died for me, I can be forgiven. I can be set free from sin. I can truly live. And, and when you make that move, it's gonna change things inside of you. You're gonna be drawn closer to God and you're gonna be drawn closer to other. But you have to put Jesus first. You have to put Jesus at the center and say, Jesus, I'm gonna live for you, because you're the only solution to my sin. You're the only solution, truly the greatest hope for my broken relationships and what's broken inside of me. So, so stop hiding, stop masking, come to him, be honest, be transparent. Maybe there's someone today that's, that's hearing this message and you've been hiding from God. Maybe you've been hiding in plain daylight where you've been going through the motions and maybe even been a religious person, but, but truthfully inside, you've never really turned all of you over to him. You're still hiding and holding out on God and God's saying there's more for you. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long time now, but there's still part of you that you're reluctant and it might be driven by fear or doubt or whatever it might be, but come to God today and stop masking we've been doing this since the garden for thousands of years but it's not the way it's meant to be but because of Jesus sacrifice that covers all of our sins you can come out of hiding listen like come on out come out come out wherever you are wherever you are it doesn't matter where you are come out come out of hiding come to Jesus let him set you free right on right on come on let's pray together Jesus we thank you for your sacrifice for our sins we don't have to hide, we don't have to carry the weight of guilt and shame anymore. We can be forgiven, we can be set free, and, and our relationships can improve because our relationship with you has been improved. It's been made right. And we find our love not in the approval of others, but in your approval and your smile on our life, God. And so as we continue to walk with you and grow closer to you, may we grow closer to others. I pray, God, throughout this, this season that we're going into, that it would be a time not of distancing, but of getting closer to each other. Regardless of the physical distance that sometimes need to be in place, God, may we have this relational closeness that happens this year. May you gel people together, bring people together, reunite and reconnect us because we've reconnected with you. And while you're still praying, if there's someone here today who's saying, you know, I, I need to come back home to Jesus. If that's you today, would you, just, would you just humble your heart before him and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And I accept your sacrifice one time for all, all sin, all time. I accept your sacrifice for my sin that covers me and I receive you into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, thank you for hearing our prayer. When it's genuine, we know that you hear us and all of heaven rejoices. And for those of us, God, who are in a relationship with you, but we're trying to stop masking ourselves from you, but we're trying to be real, I pray that this will be a week of prayer like we've never had before, that we could just come before you in transparency and just tell you like it is, like you already know. The messes, the mistakes, the joys and the victories, all of that, we would just bring it to you with all of our heart, walk with you, literally, day by day, just telling you what's going on in our life and and walk with you, experience your presence like, like Adam and Eve got to as you walk through the garden. May we walk with you hand in hand, arm in arm. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget
1: to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.